This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 38. Thanks for joining me today. I'm sitting here working on the podcast, and as I got started, I realized that my two Shelties, Trent and Parker, are fighting right behind me on the floor in the background. So hopefully you can't hear them, but if you hear a little tussling, it's just the dogs, and you probably all understand how that goes. So I had to work earlier today. I had surgery today and I did a cystotomy and a dental on the same dog and we had a technician meeting and I worked a little bit. It wasn't a very hard day, but I got to come home a little early because I had been asked to be a guest on another podcast, which was super fun. These two women, Meg Geary and Bobby Ryan, have a podcast and they found me on LinkedIn and they asked me if I would be a guest. They asked me this a couple of weeks ago and I said, sure, that would be super cool. Um, So I got to be a guest on their podcast and the name of their podcast is called All Things College and Career. And Meg and Bobby do this interesting podcast where they talk to people in different professions and basically try to let students know and people know what it's like to be involved in these different careers and also what it's like to go to school for the careers and things like that. So they just interviewed me, which was really fun. They were super nice and I enjoyed it a lot. So it's supposed to come out in October, so I'll let you know when that happens. Um, But if you get a chance to listen to their podcast, go do so because I found them really sweet and interesting and delightful. It's Bobby Ryan and Meg Geary, and their podcast is called All Things College and Career. So that was really fun. Then I thought, well, while I'm in a groove, I might as well get on here and record another podcast. Now, I've been thinking about this one for a while, and I wasn't sure exactly how I wanted to do it, but I think I came up with um, kind of a plan. What I want to talk about today is the negative online review and all the people that become haters when they get behind their computer. It really is frustrating and I know it really takes a toll on the veterinarians. I want to talk about it a little bit and maybe go over some ways to deal with it, to address it, and try to correct it when we get a negative review online, and then how to manage our mind around it, because I think that's the most important thing, is how to let it go and not hang on to it. So that's what the podcast is about today, is the negative online review. What I want to do, I want to start with reading a negative review that we got at my veterinary hospital because I think it's one of the funniest things I've ever read and it's really interesting what people think and what they take away when they're in our veterinary hospitals and I thought this guy even though it was a negative review and it wasn't very nice 
it was kind of entertaining and funny. So I wanted to read that as a start to the podcast. So here it goes. It says, and he put this on, I think it was a Google review, this guy for our hospital. He wrote, I give this place one star, a star that has collapsed within itself and has formed a black hole. My experience was almost comical. One young worker told me my cat's test results came back perfect and that I had a perfectly healthy cat. The next worker tells me, quote, your cat is perfectly healthy, but we need to run the same test over again at your expense, unquote. I laughed and asked, quote, if my cat is perfectly healthy, why would I pay you to run the same test over again, unquote. Their answer was, and I kid you not, quote, because we want to be 100% sure your cat is healthy, unquote. That's right, folks, exclamation point. They want you to pay them to double check their own work, exclamation point. If only I had the balls to tell my clients that, period. That was the end of his review. And I thought it was kind of entertaining and funny, um, especially because he had all these quotation marks in there. And I know that the things that he put in quotes were not verbatim what my team said to him. But the backstory to this was he had brought in a kitten. And we always tell all clients with kittens or puppies that we like to do two fecal tests. So usually when a new puppy comes in, we'll make sure that they had been or had an oral deworming at least once. And then we ask them to bring in a stool sample. And then if that stool sample is negative, we ask them to bring another one in in about a month because we just want to double check it. And if you work in the veterinary industry, you know that intestinal parasites don't always get picked up on every single stool sample. So our protocol is to do two on puppies or on rescued pets, but most of the time we'll do two on puppies or kittens. Well, that's what this guy came in for. So when he said the worker told me that I had a perfectly healthy cat, what he's saying is that we told him the fecal sample was negative. And then when he said we need to do it again, we just told him that our protocol is to do it again in about a month. So his perception of what happened and what I'm pretty sure actually happened were completely different. But I just love the way he wrote it. I thought it was super comical and funny and um, just really interesting. So anyway, we dealt with this, this review um, because I think it was... It was posted anonymously, but we kind of knew who it was, and so we answered it back online and basically basically asked him to call us, and we explained our protocol. But it wasn't a big deal, you know. It was a one-star review, but when you read it, I think you can see that there was just a little miscommunication between what he understood we were telling him and what we were trying to tell him. So that's when I say... Online reviews and negative online reviews can be so damaging to us. It's because sometimes it's just a simple mis miscommunication, but then people feel the need to go online. Instead of calling us and asking us what we really mean by this whole thing or why do we want to rerun a test, he has to go online and post it. And it just doesn't make any sense. 
but it happens all the time. Now at my hospital, this was a Google review, and at my hospital we have, I think, about 155 Google reviews. And they're all mostly good. You know, we I think our rating is 4.7, 4.8, something like that, which is about as good as it can get when you have a lot of reviews because every once in a while you're going to get a bad one. And so I just want to talk about this because it's such a common problem in our profession right now. And it can be damaging to us if we let it bother us or we don't understand how to handle it because it can get really ugly at times. So as veterinarians, we know that we go into every exam room with good intentions. We have intentions of doing our best work for every client and every pet. We have control over what we do and what we say, but we don't really have control over the way the client interprets it or the way the client thinks and the way the client feels about the experience they have with us. We're often in this emotionally charged situation because the client's pet may be sick, they may be so focused on the pet that they're not listening to us, and no wonder that we have these miscommunications at time. But it really doesn't justify the hate that sometimes it comes across in their reviews. And when that client doesn't talk to us in person, and they don't bring these problems to our attention and these miscommunications until they leave the hospital and then they write a negative review online, it really puts us in a super helpless position because a lot of them will leave these negative reviews anonymously, which really is frustrating because how can we address a problem when they have to hide behind this anonymity of a weird name? I had this one person that left us a negative review and their screen name was Waxy Taxi. It's like, well, what does that mean, number one? Number two, how can I help you? When you leave me a negative review and you don't write anything and you have no name, how can I answer that? So it's really frustrating and, and upsetting sometimes to us when you think about it because as veterinarians, we really care about these people and their pets and they're not giving us any options to address the problem. And then the second thing is when they leave a negative review and they don't address, address the problem with us or the hospital manager, it leaves us sometimes feeling embarrassed and then there's that helplessness and then we can even feel incompetent. And those feelings will follow us after we read those reviews into our next room or into the next situation. Because when you listen to this guy that was confused about our fecal testing policy, and he was like a black, he called us a black hole. Now, the next time I go to explain that fecal policy to someone, I'm going to be a little bit more careful about how we explain it. Because obviously he didn't get it. And I'm pretty sure that my team is good at explaining it. So it takes away some of our self-confidence. It, it changes the way we explain things. It takes away from that, the way we approach clients. And then when we feel insecure and not confident, we don't come across as our true self. We're not authentic. And then there have been studies that have been done that show that we all want to focus on a negative review. It's because of that primitive part of our brain that always goes negative, and so we focus on the negative review and also 
the negative reviews are scarce. And when things are scarce, it implies that there's more value to that thing than the thing that's plentiful, which is really a weird concept when you think of it. But it's true. If there's hundreds of pigeons and all of a sudden an eagle flies by, you're going to look at the eagle because it's scarce. You're not going to care about the stupid pigeons on the lawn. But the idea is that scarcity implies value. And so a lot of these negative reviews on our online platforms are scarce. And then that makes our brain give them more attention. It causes us to focus on them more. And that's not really what we want to do. We want to train our brain to focus on the positive. So who are these people that like to leave these negative reviews? In some instances, they're people that don't like confrontation. And they might have anger when they're in the hospital. And they might be frustrated by having to wait too long or something they didn't understand. Or they paid a lot of money and they don't feel like they got value for that money. And then instead of talking to us face-to-face, they go home and hide behind these anonymous screen names and get out their frustration. And so a lot of this is about communication, people's personalities, because if they're very shy and introverted and they really don't like to confront people, they're more likely to take it home with them and not get it out in the moment and not really address the concerns with us. And then some of these people are professional complainers. You know, if you look at the reviews, they'll have like, oh, I left 300 reviews. They really like to go online and give feedback. And so when you get somebody like that in your hospital that really enjoys leaving negative reviews, then they're going to be like serial reviewers. And so sometimes that's part of the deal, too. I've even seen situations where people leave reviews way after the fact. Like I've had reviews come onto our online platforms months after things happened. And then it's really confusing because you don't remember what happened. And if it's anonymous and it wasn't recent, so you don't remember the situation, if they put any details in the review, then you're going to have a really hard time tracking it down. And that really gives you a feeling of helplessness because these people have held on to this negativity or maybe they thought they were over it and then something else brought it up. Then they go and leave a negative review. You have no way of tracking it down and no way of addressing it other than online on that platform, which isn't always the ideal way to do it. But sometimes we're forced into that. So I did that first review I read you was one of our reviews that um, was on for my hospital. But I did try to look up some other hospital reviews because that was the most fun one um, that I had on our site. And we didn't have a lot of them. Um, And so they weren't very creative or very entertaining. Um, But I wanted to find one from another veterinary hospital that really that really demonstrated how ugly these things can get and how they can be so damaging to us. So I got this from some random hospital off the internet. I don't know who it is. So if you recognize this review, I apologize in advance. Um, and I, it sounds really awful. So I, 
honestly don't think this hospital was this bad, but I wanted to use it as an example of how crazy it can get or how upsetting it can get to us. So this review read, sounds like after reading the review, this place deserved zero stars. Six exclamation points after that sentence. I would never, ever, capitalized, bring any of my pets there. Four exclamation points. These workers sound so, with like 20 20 O's, heartless, capitalized, and inhumane, capitalized. Four exclamation points. If they treat clientele rude and unprofessional, period. Can you imagine how they are treating your fur bait for babies behind closed doors, question mark. I would not, capital letters, want to know. Three exclamation points. So that's an actual review that somebody had left for their veterinary hospital. And if you read this, you can tell that this person never even visited there. They were just commenting on something else because the beginning of it says, sounds like after reading the review, this place deserves zero stars. So this person never even visited the veterinary hospital. So that's how absurd it can get. And that's how unfair it can get for us. And just reading that review kind of makes my blood boil because I feel so sorry for this hospital. It's ridiculous. It's so unfair. This person has never even been to that veterinary hospital. And you can tell by reading it. And they call the these people that work at this place heartless and inhumane but there's nothing on here about what happened so how do you defend against that it's crazy ridiculous and so the way I say you can deal with it is just by figuring out a way to do the brain work around it to let it go because there's no way to address something like this the person wasn't even at the hospital that's crazy But I just wanted to read it because I want you to understand how this could affect us. If I read that about my veterinary hospital, I would be super upset, but I couldn't do anything about it because I can't control this person and why they feel compelled to leave this ugly review for a hospital that they've never been to is beyond me. Now let's delve into what we can do about this because we can all agree that it's difficult. We can all agree that it affects us when we get a bad review, especially if they name a doctor by name or an employee by name. So I've had that happen before where they'll actually put somebody's name in the review. And it's so embarrassing and so humiliating because a lot of times it's not even true, but you are helpless to fix it. And so how do we handle it? How do we handle the thoughts of negative, angry people, and then go about being confident and continuing to do this difficult job. And the first thing I think that we need to do is we need to remain calm. We have to understand that a negative review is more about the client than it is about you. It's more about their brain, the thoughts that they're having, and the feelings that they're having, and it really doesn't have a lot to do with you. And understanding that is a key. The client's experience was different than the one that you expected them to have. And that's all that that means. Their experience 
was different than the experience that you wanted to deliver to them and that you thought you delivered to them. Because many times these hit us as a surprise. You know, sometimes a client leaves and they're upset and you and you know it. But most of the time, the really negative, ugly reviews come from people that are afraid to confront you. And so you don't even have a clue until you read the reviews that they were unhappy. So berating yourself or feeling bad about it is just going to make it worse for you. And you have to understand that the client's experience is their experience. It doesn't really have anything to do with you. And another thing we can think about is that no place or no business is going to be perfect. So if you think that you're always going to have five-star ratings, you're just being unrealistic because there's no way on earth to make every person super happy or every person perfectly happy. And then you got to realize that anybody can create fake IDs on Google or Facebook. They can make up names like the Waxy Taxi name, and they can leave you good or bad reviews. So it's not really something that you can give a lot of weight to. It can be scary for your business and a lot of negative reviews to come in. But realistically, you're never going to be able to have zero negative reviews. It's just not going to happen. So if you can go at it with the mindset that if we get one or two every once in a while, that's normal. That's part of the 50-50 in life. That's part of business. It's just part of the deal. It's part of humans. Humans are going to be negative some of the time. And when they're under stress and they're in a situation like they are with us in our hospitals, that stress can cause them either not to listen to us or just to feel negative in general. And sometimes they try to make themselves feel better by taking it out on us. So why are the negative reviews so important to us and why do we put such heavy weight on them? Is because studies say that 85% of consumers trust online reviews as much as personal recommendations. 94% of consumers said that an online review convinced them to avoid a business. And I know that's true for me. When I go to look at reviews for, let's say, a restaurant or something like that, I will read multiple reviews, and one negative won't bother me. Two negatives might not even bother me. But if I start to see the same issue over and over and over again, it might cause me to avoid a business. But if I see one or two negative reviews, you know, if I see one with 100 exclamation points or five exclamation points after every sentence, and the sentence aren't sentences aren't written in proper English or their misspellings or things like that, then I'll usually disregard those. And most people will. So we have to remember that, that even though people can be affected by negative reviews and avoid our business, that most of the time, if they're reading and there's many, many positive reviews, those positive reviews will outweigh the negative reviews, especially if they come from anonymous people. And in my experience, most of the bad reviews come from people anonymously because if they wanted to address the problem face-to-face, they would have done it when they were in the hospital. So what do you do when you get a negative review? How do you deal with it? 
How do you deal with it mentally and how do you deal with it physically? So the first thing you have to remember is to always be professional. You can complain and gripe and grouse about it to your manager or another veterinarian in your practice behind closed doors, but to that person that's giving you the negative review, you always have to be professional. You just have to suck it up and be kind and be professional. There's no place for being negative when you're trying to deal with a negative review. You just have to suck it up. It's sad, but it's true. When you answer a negative review and you do it in a kind, professional manner, that is going to be read by other people that read the negative review. And if yours is very well put together and very kind and you're open to resolving the problem, the potential customers are going to see that. And then they're going to be more likely to give your business grace. And they're going to be more likely to overlook that negative review. So the first thing that I always try to do is I try to figure out who this person is. Now, if it's anonymous and they're wanting to remain anonymous, it's going to be really hard to do. Because sometimes even though I know who it is because they're talking about specific things that happened at the hospital, let's say yesterday, and I know in my heart that this is Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so, it's really hard to call them up and accuse them of leaving you a bad review. So you really can't do that. If they leave their real name, I always call them. And sometimes they won't answer the phone because they don't want to confront you. But if you call them, leave a very kind professional message and say, I saw your review that you left us online. I'd really like to talk about it. Please call me and we can talk. That's the first thing I would always do. If it's anonymous, then what you need to do is look for the specific things that they're talking about in that review. And then you can, in a kind, professional manner, dispute what they're saying. And dispute is kind of a harsh word, but you can explain it. So in my example of the guy that thought we were telling him to do a second test at his expense because we had to double check our first fecal test to make sure that his kitten was free, free of parasites. In that specific incident, what I would do is after that review, I would say, I'm sorry, there was some miscommunication between you and the team member that you talked to. Let me explain why we want two negative fecal samples. And then I'll just explain it. This is our protocol. It comes down from AHA. This is something that we need to do. And here's why, because sometimes parasites don't show up in every fecal sample. I'm sorry that that explanation didn't come across in our conversation with you, but I'd love to explain it more if you'd like to call me. It doesn't have anything to do with our us double-checking our work. It has to do with us making sure your pet is healthy. And so I would just write something like that. And I would always, always, always put my name down because if you don't put your name and your phone number, you're not taking personal responsibility for the miscommunication. And I think if you can take personal responsibility and take the onus on your hospital by saying, I'm sorry that this happened to you. I'm sorry that there was a miscommunication or whatever the 
complaint is. I'm sorry you had to wait too long. I'm sorry you didn't understand our fees, whatever it is. But take responsibility for it as the owner of the hospital or as the manager of the hospital. That will go a long way into diffusing people and also diffusing potential customers that are reading it, the negative review, and looking at your hospital to be a potential customer. So once you've tried to call the client, if that's a possibility, if they leave you a name and try to work it out there, and I, in my experience, a lot of times that client will go take that negative review down or modify it once you've talked to them on the phone because you've addressed the problem, you've worked it out, you've offered them a solution. A lot of times that will go a long way into either keeping them as a client or at least having them modify their review or take it down. I don't usually ask them to do that. I just let it stand the way it is. But I really do think that addressing it face-to-face -face is the best way. If you can't do that, then you're going to answer it online. And you always want to be positive and you always want to be respectful. The other thing I like to do is look at the negative review that you get if it makes sense. Like the second one I read with all the exclamation points didn't even really make sense. So that one I probably wouldn't spend a lot of time worrying about. But the first one with the fecal sample and the kitten, really evaluate what you're doing in your hospital that you might be able to do better. Because obviously this guy didn't understand what the either the receptionist or the technician was telling him about the two fecal samples. So perhaps we need to change the way we approach it. Now, that was the first time that I know of that somebody was really confused by that. But it's possible that it could be a problem that you have in your hospital. So you want to make sure you look at these reviews and actually take them seriously. If somebody's complaining about your prices, maybe ask yourself, are we too expensive or are we the most expensive in our area? And if not, a couple of expensive reviews, when people say we charge too much, those you kind of want to have because you want to make sure you're charging appropriately. But if every single person that reviews your hospital says it's too expensive, then maybe you need to look at that. Or maybe you're not giving them the value that they need, and that's why they're thinking it's expensive. So maybe you could look at that in your hospital. Did the client have to wait too long? Are we having a problem with that in our hospital? Or was, was it just a fluky day? Do we have a certain person in the hospital that needs to be retrained? Do we need to give more treatment plans to people if they're confused about the prices? Do we need to have a pamphlet about you know, what we recommend for kittens? And we actually kind of do have a recommendation for health that we give to our clients when they first come in with a new puppy or kitten. And it lists on there that we do two fecal samples. But perhaps this guy didn't read it or it wasn't clear for some reason. But if we didn't have that, maybe we could make one. Or maybe we could add that to our repertoire when we're explaining puppy and kitten care to the clients in a better manner. Sometimes you've got to take these things seriously and really look at them. And then once you've done that, once you've examined them, then the hardest part, I think, is to let them go. So you've contacted the client, you've worked that out, you've answered the online, asked them to call you, and sometimes they will and sometimes they won't. And so you've put a nice response out there that's positive and kind and professional. And then you've looked at it to see if there's anything valid that you can change about your hospital. And then comes the mental work. 
because sometimes that's the hardest work. There's mental work around letting it go and not taking it personally. And here's where the coaching comes in. Coach yourself through this. So if somebody leaves a really negative review for you, and let's say they put your name in it, and it's really ugly and it's mean, and they say you're a terrible veterinarian, and you did a terrible job, and in your heart you know that you really didn't do anything wrong, or maybe there was a problem. Maybe the appointment didn't go the way you wanted it to go. But you still have to cut yourself some slack. You still need to, in some way, try to let it go. That's where we start to work on coaching ourselves to get over this and let this go. Because it isn't going to serve you. If you're carrying around this ugly negative review feeling in your body, it's not going to allow you to show up for the next client. It's not going to allow you to do a good job. And it's going to make you hesitant. It's going to make you question yourself. And good work is never going to come from that. So what I would encourage you to do is read that negative review and really analyze it and look at it and see what's what you think is true and what you think is not true. And then what kind of feelings is it bringing up for you? And if you can write down your feelings about it, is it making you feel embarrassed? Is it making you feel overwhelmed? Is it making you question yourself? And then you can look at what am I going to have to think in order to let this bad feeling go? Because right now my thoughts are, I'm incompetent, this person hates me, maybe I'm not a good veterinarian. All those negative thoughts that come up when you read something bad about yourself that are making you feel negative, you're going to have to try to figure out a way to think better things that are going to help you let that go. So in my mind, if somebody was telling me I was a bad veterinarian or I did a bad job, I would want to think things like, yes, that didn't go as well as I'd like it to go, and this person really misunderstood what I was trying to tell them, but let it go so I can show up well for my next client, and I'm going to learn the lesson I can learn from it, but not hang on to it because I don't want it to damage me in the good work that I know I can do. And then I'm going to assume that this is the other person's problem and let them deal with it, because they obviously have a problem with me. I didn't have a problem with them, and I'm going to just have to deal with it and let them get over it. So whatever thoughts you can come up with that are going to help you let it go, that's the work that you have to do. And if you're having difficulty with that, talk about it with somebody else. Talk about it with another veterinarian. Commiserate. Go online and talk to your other veterinary friends. Talk to your coach or your mentor. And get that out because we've all had these feelings of inadequacy because somebody said something bad about us. It's like when you were a kid and somebody calls you names on the playground and it hurts your feelings and I say hurt your feelings in quotes, they really can't hurt your feelings. You have to allow them to change your thoughts to create bad feelings about yourself. So if you can not allow it, if you can figure out a way to not let this person into your brain, not let them affect you long term, 
then you're going to be able to let those negative reviews go. And that's what it's really all about because we're all going to have them. Not everybody's going to like us. There are going to be people that don't like my personality and there have been people that don't like my personality. When I first started working at my hospital, there was a veterinarian that was a bird vet and he was amazing, super brilliant, just an awesome guy. And I was a younger veterinarian and he was a little bit older than me. And every time I walked in the room with a bird, people would get a really disappointed look on their face and they'd be like, oh, you're not Dr. Evans. And I would feel so bad because they were basically putting me down because I wasn't him. Well, I can't be him. I can just be the best version of me. And so if people don't like you or they don't like your approach or they don't like your personality, that's okay. Their opinion is their opinion. And that's the way you have to start to look at these negative reviews is they can have their opinion without it changing your opinion of you. And it's difficult work, but we can do that difficult work. We've talked about this before. So I would just want to encourage you to let go of the negativity and hang on to the good stuff. And what I'll sometimes even do is if I'm really, really struggling with letting go a negative review, I'll go back and read all the positive reviews about me. I'll go back and pull out those cards out of my desk that clients sent me about what an awesome veterinarian I am. And I'll read those and kind of try to dilute the negativity out of my brain. And that actually can work. So try that if you're really struggling, if you're really having a hard time letting go of a negative review. And again, just realize it's part of today's world. It's part of this whole online people bashing negativity cycle that everybody's in. And don't let it suck you in. Be confident, be brave, go out there and do the best work that you can do and realize that not everybody's going to love you and 99% of the people love you, there's going to be somebody that doesn't like you. And that's okay because that's just their opinion and it has nothing to do with you. So hang on to that when you read these negative reviews and try to get a laugh out of it. Like I love the review about the black hole. It just cracks me up every time I read it. And I really appreciate the guy who wrote it because it's pretty entertaining. Even though it's a one star, it's kind of funny. So don't worry about it. Let it go. Realize that a lot of times it's about them and not you. And it's part of the deal because not everybody can love everything. So that's all I have on negative reviews. If you have other ideas for me, how to answer negative reviews or how to deal with them emotionally, then send me an email. Let me know what you think. Write a comment in the comment section of the podcast. Let me know what you think about this whole topic. I'd really love to hear from you. If you want to talk about anything, you can contact me on my website or by email. I'd really love to hear from you. And because we were talking about reviews today, I would ask you to leave me a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. It really helps me get out there so more people can listen. I really appreciate you being here tonight. I'll let you know when my career podcast that I recorded earlier comes out. Maybe you can listen to that. But I really appreciate you. Hang in there. Have a great week. Love your job and do the amazing things that you do for your clients and your patients. 
and the people that work with you. I really appreciate you all. Have a beautiful week. Bye.